Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access Access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers so you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Welcome to the show. My name is Michael Lejeune and I will be your host today on Game Changers. As a quick reminder, this episode of Game Changers is sponsored by Federal Access. Federal Access makes beating your competition easier. It can improve your proposal win rate by 42%. It comes with a no BS guide to winning government contracts and it puts a subject matter uh, expert on speed dial for you. And that's literally the tip of the iceberg for federal access. If you want to learn more about federal access, go to rsmfederal.com forward slash FA. I want to get started today here by welcoming our guest, Joshua Frank. Josh is the founder and managing partner of RSM Federal. He's also my business partner in here. And uh, he was just out last week at the SAME JETSI conference. So welcome back, Josh, into the real world of, of the business here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. It's good to be back. Yeah. it. Uh, I know it's, it's like uh, you need a vacation from the vacation and you went on a trip and then on vacation and then we're back. So it's, it's a little bit interesting. So, but uh, today you have a great topic that I think everybody is going to love. It, it, it's one of those that, uh, especially if you're a small business, you're really going to like this. In fact, this is what you were speaking at the uh, SAME Jetsy conference last week in Phoenix. This is what you were speaking about. And it was about getting more value out of your socioeconomic status. And as you say in the presentation, hint, hint, it's not what you think it is. So, so Josh, you and I have talked extensively about this and about the challenges that small businesses face in government contracting. But for some reason, we see a lot of them struggle with their certification. Number one, just how to get it and what they need to do. And some of them that don't even know what certifications they need to have. And then the other piece of that is using it properly. So I often see those challenges in there. I mean, w- would you agree that's kind of where a lot of them struggle with which, with their status? Yeah, it, you know, it's it's interesting. The you know the, the two core challenges as you identified. You know, uh, how do you certify? 
and and more important and something I, I hope we'll have time to get into today is, you know, do you do it yourself? Do you pay someone to do it? Uh, how do you find the people? Uh, what are the timelines, et cetera? So, you know, that, that whole certification, getting certified. And then, yes, the second part, you know, knowing how to use your status uh, because it isn't what you think. Uh, most people think they, they get a status and it's, it's sort of equivalent to a GSA schedule. You think you have it and now money's going to fall off the tree or it's a lot easier. Right. And the fortunate, unfortunate part is it's, that's not necessarily true. There's still a lot of effort and work that has to go into it. And yes, the reason we're having this podcast today is because a lot of companies don't properly position their status. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's more of a mindset issue than anything where they, again, like you said, they, they think that, hey, I've got this status, so that equals money. That equals contracts. And that's just... That's just not the case. So, you know, in, in your opinion, you know, what is one of the main reasons why companies with a status and when we say with a status, maybe you can actually before you answer my question, answer this question. What are some of the main statuses that are out there? And then the second part is as why do they fail to win contracts? OK, so. Yep. All right. So uh, so from a basic let's go. Uh, let's lay a foundation here. Uh, the, the core statuses, and you know, most people think there's just maybe a half a dozen statuses, uh, but uh, and especially for our federal access members, you know, everybody in our in our FA community, um, you know, through FPDS that you know there's like a hundred different statuses. Yeah, there's yes. all kinds. I mean, a bunch are, are Native American, Alaskan, you know, ANC, um, but you know, the the core ones when we think socioeconomic status, first and foremost, don't forget. Small business. Just being small business is a status. You know, so, you know, most of a lot of people think, well, you've got to be 8A or, or woman owned. No, the reality is the government has a 23% requirement for small. Um, but the core ones are uh, 8A for minority, uh, hub zone for, you know, um, disadvantaged actual areas within the city, uh, veteran owned and service disabled veteran owned. And then you got woman owned, right? Mm -hmm. And so those are those are the core uh, statuses. Um, and just as an FYI for our for our listeners that may not understand what those mean, um, you know, just like the government has a twenty three percent requirement for small, there's a five percent requirement for eight A and woman, and a three percent requirement for SDVSB service disabled and hub zone. Right. The the core challenge that that many small business businesses face is that they focus on their status they position their status everything is status you know their status is on there is real big on their business card mm. the status is you know front and center on the website it's on the capability statement and oh by the way this is what everybody's told to do Right? right. Everybody, whether it's the uh, not all, uh, but but, you know, many of the PTACs, a lot of the small business offices, a lot of the small business experts, a lot of other consultants and advisors, mentors, coaches, etc. You know, front and center, the government's got a requirement for it. And, and what we try to tell our members, our, our FA members, is, you know, you don't win a contract because of your status. 
You're not going to win a contract. In fact, I, I, I'll go as far as to say you're not going to win a sole source contract mm -hmm. if you're 8A. Right. There's now, a lot yes. of people that wouldn't agree with that. They would think, no, I, that's this status is all you need to win that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but 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 here's the thing, and this is the way that I, that I often describe it. Your status is a differentiator. Right. That's it. Right. It, you know, for example, is the government is a federal agency is a an armed service is the army, the navy, what have you? Will the intelligence community will any of these organizations award you a contract if you're not competent? No. No, of There's course no not. Way. Or they no. shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like, you know, if you if a company gets a sole source, either from a product perspective, nobody else sells that product. There's a niche, you know, they're 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 a sole supplier, mm -hmm. manufacturer, what have you. From a service perspective, that you're you've either done something where they can't change vendors, or you do something nobody else does. Um but at the end of the day, 99.999, whatever it is, percent of companies don't get sole sources, sole source right. contracts. So you're not, if, you, if you're not competent, you're not going to win a contract regardless of what status you have. And you shouldn't. I mean, Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things, though, that I, that I want to throw out there is for the companies that, uh, that are listening today – you're thinking and you're, and you're saying to yourself, okay, um, you know, I, my status, my status doesn't give me, uh, the ability to win, then how am I supposed to use it? And, and, and what we often tell our, our clients and our members, focus on your value, focus on your value. And, and let me give you an example of what I mean by that. You need to be mapping your competencies in order to identify qualifiable and quantifiable metrics, right? That's percentages and numbers and ROI in order to communicate that your company is better than the next company. And oh, by the way, you have these statuses. Your statuses are just an added value. Hmm. That is the primary, if we were to sum up today, what is the primary challenge that small businesses face, especially those that have status, is that they, they don't softly communicate their status. The status should never be up front. It should never be the first thing I see on your website. It should not be the first thing I see on your business card. It should not be the first thing I see in your proposal. The first thing I see should be, wow, look at these metrics. Look at the value that this company provides. They're already ahead above their competition. And then, oh, look at that. Look at the statuses that they have. Oh, and that's they the, happen that, to be. Yeah, status, that's right. Yeah, that's the core challenge that, that, that most companies have. Yeah, and so you know when what I'm hearing from you is the reason that most companies fail to win a contract is they focus on their status and who they are in their mind is their status, not the value they provide. When in reality, the who they are is the value they provide and why they should communicate that. So if I'm to win a contract, I've got to get really good at communicating value. Yeah, and, and let me let me throw something on top of that. I I don't have metrics. 
<clears throat> I don't have metrics for all of the statuses, okay? But, you know, getting certified and using your certification is really no different than getting a GSA schedule and using your schedule. You know, a year ago, there were, what, 22,000 companies that, that, have, uh, that had GSA schedules. And, you know, there's all these, com- just like there's a ton of companies that send emails, right? Our listeners, they probably receive two or three emails a week from companies that all they do is certifications, Right. right. Gee, we help companies do certifications. You also get two to three emails every week from companies that go, hey, we can get you a GSA schedule, you know, and, and we'll provide all this marketing support, blah, blah, blah. Well, just remember this. And this is something that most, I, I guess, coaches, advisors, consultants in the market, especially those that do schedule services or certification services, What they don't tell you is of the 22,000 schedules that companies had last year, 48% of those companies failed to use them. Hmm. Mike, that's 10,000 companies. Massive. It's massive. And and people go, well, hold on, 48%, 10,000 out of 22? How could that many not be successful? And Mike, the answer is, the schedule does not help you win contracts. It, it, it does in, in, in some respect. It's a differentiator. It gives you access to a contract vehicle. But if you're not properly communicating the value of what you sell, your schedule is not going to do you any good. Right. right. So, so I, I bring that as, a, as an analogy for certifications. Right. Your certification is not going to do you a lot of good. Unless you understand how to communicate your value, right? You know, and, th- and that's a great point. You know, I I just spoke to somebody last week who wanted a GSA schedule, and for the first time ever with me in this business, one of the first things the guy said is, "Am I right that just having the GSA schedule won't get me business? I've still got to do all the marketing and all that other stuff I normally <laughs> yeah, do." Right? <laughs> and I was right. like. Oh my, he gets it. He gets it. You know, like I was so excited because that was the first time that's happened. And just to grasp the mindset, again, I'm using that word today, the mindset of just having those things doesn't do, you know, just having a website doesn't get you business. Just having a business card doesn't get you business. Like you've got to use the stuff, but you got to know how to use it properly, you know, and, and that's a, that's a really big deal. So, you know, we're talking a lot about value here. You know, what is the process or is there a process that listeners can follow to, you know, more strongly position their value? How, how would how would you tell them? Because I, I think that's really the center of the problem for a lot of folks is is number one. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, which I'm not communicating my value. And number two, even if I did know I was doing it wrong, I don't know how to properly communicate value. I don't know what's important to the potential customer for me to communicate. So how, how would you walk them through that? So, all right, great questions. Uh, let me start at the top. This process, the process of communicating the value of your company, it doesn't take an MBA, okay? It doesn't take a master's degree. It doesn't take higher education. It takes experience, right? You have to learn that first time how to do it. When, once someone shows you how to do it, you know, like for, for all of our members, 
right? The thousand, whatever it is, companies that, that, that we work with, once you show it to them, it's, they're up and running, right? Um, you have to learn how to map your competencies, right? I said that before. You, you map your competencies in order to identify qualifiable, quantifiable metrics, i.e. your value. So, you know, off the top, communicating your value, you know, first, let me throw a shout out to all of our FA members. For all of you listening, within the digital library, there's an entire packet on how to do competency mapping and getting all these metrics that we're talking about, right? So, and, and so, you know, communicating value, that's one. Um, once you understand what your value is, I think, I think the best way, Mike, to describe this is to give you an example. Okay. And, and so most companies, let's just, uh, as an example, we'll take a technology company, right? Most companies will start off. If I were to say to you, Hey, Mike, what do you do? Most companies respond with, well, you know, we're a woman-owned small business or we're an 8A or, or we're a small business, uh, you know, that provides IT services and specializing in, in database administration and, and network engineering, okay? That's how most companies introduce themselves. Now, if you introduce yourself that way verbally to me, nine times out of 10, that's the homepage of your website. Right. That is exactly the opening paragraph on the cover page of your proposals. And, and by the way, this is market agnostic, right, Mike? This right. this is not just government. This is commercial as well. This is, is just general business positioning and marketing. And so most companies go, we're a woman-owned small business that – you know, does IT services specializing in, you know, DBA, network engineering, what have you. And what I would, what I would say to our listeners is that's fine. That's true. That's exactly who you are. And you're like a thousand other companies mm -hmm. that do the exact same thing, say the exact same thing and position it in the exact same way. So you wind up in the stack of papers with <laughs> with a hundred other companies that, that they can't even tell that are different, right? Right. And, yeah, exactly. And, you know, as a perfect example, whether it's a teaming partner or whether it's a government, when you hand somebody your capability statement, the average time someone looks at it is three seconds. I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. There's been studies on this. Three seconds. In three seconds, I'm either going to see that you have a status or I'm going to see that you provide value. Mm -hmm. Which one are you going to pick to look at further? Right. Right. So, you know, now our listeners are and, and are probably saying at this point, okay, then what am I supposed to say if I'm not supposed to say the size of my company, I'm not supposed to say any of my status or exactly what I do, right? Mm -hmm. The answer is, uh, and this is an example, we'll, we'll follow the, the, the technology one that I, that I just gave. You would say something along the lines of, we are in the business of 
you know, streamlining, consolidating information and, and data across multiple geographically dispersed networks to increase visibility and accuracy and speed of access, right, uh, across the enterprise. And on, let's say on average, we save our clients 30% in operational expenses and more than 45% savings in, call it data integrity and database cleansing costs. And, you know, we've provided these benefits to Monsanto, Blue Cross Blue Shield, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, et cetera, et cetera. Now, not once in that did I say that I was a woman-owned small business or an 8A or even a small business. I didn't say I was an IT company. I didn't say we did, what did I say, uh, you know, network engineering and, and database administration. No. You got that from, you know, you know, what I just walked through of, you know, visibility and accuracy, speed of access, 30% savings here, 45% savings there. I replaced who we are, what we do in our status with value statements. And guess what? You can figure out what we do based on the type of value statements that I provided. This, that short exercise, if our, if our listeners get anything out of this uh, podcast today, it would be learn to communicate your value, qualifiable, quantifiable metrics, right? Instead of saying what you do and what your status is, because you're a lot more mature, you have differentiated much more strongly, right? And the government and your teaming partners are much more likely to want to work with you. Yeah, I, I think that's really big, you know, and again, if, if listeners are, are really hearing it today, you know, <laughs> under understanding the value that you provide is so big. You know, it's one of those things of, of actually being able to say, what benefit do my clients receive from purchasing this product or service? Not what, what product or service are they buying? What is the benefit they actually receive from using this, implementing it, whatever? And you mentioned competency mapping. I think that's that's the majority of the process there, right, of, of going through and saying, Okay, what is it that we provide them in one column? So what is the actual thing, the service, the product, the whatever? And in the other column, saying as simple as what what's the benefit to the client? You know, it, they, they don't buy IT solutions because, hey, they need, you know, they ran out of IT solutions. They buy IT solutions to fix some problems or to, you know, gain something in their business. And being able to identify that is is way more powerful because the, I, one more thing and then I want you to jump in on this. The the other thing is being able to differentiate is is being able to communicate the value. They they're the same thing. So if you can communicate the value, you can differentiate which is when somebody submits, you know, or when you know companies submit 100 proposals around a, an opportunity, how do you stand out from 100 other people out there and it's differentiating through value is, is, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, uh, do we have time for another story? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. So let me change industries for a minute, give you another example uh, of how 
how powerful competency mapping, and when I say competency mapping, it's it's understanding and capturing your past performance, right? And, and that's what, you know, and I think most of our listeners are, you know, they may hear competency mapping and go, well, I what really don't that? understand. Yeah, what is that? It's simply taking your past performance and documenting it. And, and almost all of our listeners, if, if, if you've responded to a solicitation, you have done this in one shape or form. But let me change industries, give another example. Uh, one, of our, one of our members uh, is a staffing company. And they do everything. They do admin, they do technology, they do, you know, you name it. Uh, they've got, you know, folks, uh, you know, on board at, at a lot of the Fortune 500s and a lot of smaller companies. And we took them, uh, we educated them on the whole competency mapping process. And, and it was pretty simple because they were obviously members of FA, so they had access to the all the, the checklists and what questions do you ask, et cetera, et cetera. And they sent out a survey to all their employees at, and in this case, it was Express Scripts, right? Um, which is a Fortune 100, in fact. And one of the results came back and we looked at, I looked at one of the, res- one of the responses and I said, get him on the phone, get him on the phone right now. I drove from my office to the corporate headquarters in order to take this call. And I said, okay, first and foremost, if you're doing more than, what, than what's in your scope of what the agreement there is between your company and, and this fortune, the, the, you know, this client, don't worry about it. You're not going to get in trouble. Because, Mike, when you, a, lot of pe- a lot of folks, a lot of companies that have employees on site at a client location – are actually afraid, those employees are afraid to say, well, I'm doing something more than what I was hired to do, right? Right? Right. And so they think they're going to get in trouble. Well, you know, by the, I I asked a couple of questions and I said, so wait a minute, you're there on site to be doing, you know, X, Y, Z. I think it was, I think it was like database administration, but you're also a very senior software developer. Is that right? And he said, yes. And I said, and you've done something with their financial systems? And he said, yes. It was sort of, they asked me as a side project to work on it. By the end of that call, and that call took maybe 10 minutes, I finished it by saying, let me make sure I understand this. You're there to do database administration, but you have just developed the next generation account payable system for a fortune 100 company. And he, he chuckled and he said, yes, the owner of our, uh, you know, our member, uh, the owner is sitting in the room with me. Her jaw is on the table. She had no clue, right? No clue whatsoever. And so, you know, in addition to, so the reason why I'm telling the story is from a recommendation standpoint, in addition to capturing the value in your past performance in order to to communicate that value, don't assume that, you know, if you have employees, this is, you know, obviously service companies and and, and non-product companies, don't assume that your employees are doing exactly what you, what their scope is telling them to do. 
This can be construction. This can be electrical engineering. This can be technology. It's any industry. And so, you know, I mean, I want you to imagine you are a small business like this member, this company, right? Our, our, our FA member I just uh, walked through. And you don't really have uh, what you think is a lot of strong past performance. Can you imagine being that owner and finding out that one of your employees has done something that they weren't, that you weren't being paid for them to do? But it's probably the most powerful past performance and metric. Yeah, in the whole company. <laughs> that you could have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, that's so, awesome. You know, I, I hope some of these these concepts are, are are drilling in because it truly can help a company accelerate. And if you can't hear the passion in my voice <laughs> when I'm talking about this, again, it really truly can help a company accelerate. Yeah, you know, I, I think the way I, I usually describe it is, you know, socioeconomic statuses are great and they will help you get over the last 10 yards, you know, make that last effort that you need but it's not going to close the deal for you. It's it's all the communicating the value, the differentiating, all those types of things. And then bring the cherry on top with your status and say, oh, by the way, you get to check these four boxes. You get to meet your criteria. You get to do whatever if, if you can communicate the value clearly. So um, all good stuff, all really practical. We got about 30 seconds-ish. Any final thoughts for the listeners here? No, I, I would say, you know, for our FA members, uh, if you have not yet started uh, the process of competency mapping, if you haven't looked in the digital library in the members portal, absolutely make sure you get in there and take a look at it. It truly is. It's one of the most important documents that we have. Um, and then for all of our listeners who are interested in selling to the government, but just haven't pulled the trigger or they have pulled the trigger, but they need help, I would take a look at, at FA. Take a look at Federal Access uh, because our our members have done over one point, it's up to six now, 1.6 billion in contracts in the last four years alone. Mm. So, but thanks for having me on, Mike. I appreciate it. You are very welcome as always. Thank you for being on and uh, this has been great. And I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on this episode. Remember, you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for Game Changers for Government Contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. You can also learn more about each of our guests by visiting the official Game Changers website at rsmfederal.com forward slash Game Changers, where we'll have links to their websites, bios, and any special offers or things like that from them. And last but not least, please visit our sponsor for today's episode, the Federal Access Program. You can visit that at rsmfederal.com forward slash FA for more information on how you can find and win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash Game Changers.